0: Good morning, friends. You're going to have to give me a second to get reoriented. See, like I said, get reoriented. You all sounded so beautiful this morning. Um, You know, there's... uh, the reality is when we gather in this room and we lift our voices and we sing together, we're singing in this room together, right? But it's one of those moments when when heaven and earth kind of kiss and we're joining with all the saints that's gone before us who are before the throne of God singing their praises to him. And, you know, like, I know that, like, in my head but then there's like some moments where like you feel that and so thank you worship team for helping me feel that today I'll try not to fall off the stage as we move forward but every year when Christmas rolls around I have this dream of what it will be like and this is a picture of of what I always hope for let's watch together lights. Um, we have this beautiful music softly playing in the background. It is a picture of peace. But did anybody notice like what that song we just heard was from? Did anybody recognize it? Home Alone. Home Alone thank you. Good job y'all. You're on it. <laughs> Children of the 90s, way to go. Um, and so like yeah that's a nice little beautiful song but um, whenever I actually experience Christmas it feels a whole lot more like this scene from that same movie and the dialogue isn't working on it I don't think so we'll take in the music that's the most important part we (laughs) overslept has anybody else felt like they've heard that theme song in their mind over the past week or so, yeah, I, uh, I I can feel it in my own life. We'll give it one more listen after our friend gets done asking his million and one questions. Maybe you've experienced that this week, too. Just insert the conversation you've had with the child. <laughs> Beat it. Beat it. <laughs> it gets in there. plane tickets. I put them in the microwave to dry. y'all remember that part? Okay. Anyway, uh, the Christmas season can feel like a downright crazy town. It, it just can. I mean, um, so every year during Advent, we go on this nice journey together. We always start with hope, and then we move to this week that's all about peace. And as we step into this week, it's very easy to feel this huge disconnect between that word and our lived experience. Um, it's easy to hear that word and just dismiss it as this pie in the sky ideal that we will get to experience, well, when we die, right? One day when we get to heaven, a pipe dream that it would take a miracle for us to experience here on earth. But what if we have gotten the the picture of peace kind of skewed in our minds. What if peace is not so much the absence of, of hustle and bustle and conflict and chaos and obstacles and obligations as it is this wholeness, this wholeness that we are able to experience in and through Jesus, no matter what circumstances that we face. This Christmas season, we are looking at the miracles of Jesus who was a miracle himself, right? God come and making his home in a human body, two very unexpected things coming together to do far more than we could even ask or imagine. But he who was a miracle, he worked these miracles among us that now ripple across time and still come to us today and are able to to transform our hearts and our minds. And so last week, we began by looking at the miracle of the Feeding of the 5,000 men, plus women and children, all from a little boy's sack lunch. And what we discovered together is that miracles are, are that place where God's heart and our hope collide, often in very unpredictable ways. It's not something we can manufacture, it's not something we can even really anticipate. But these miracles, they aren't this either or thing. It is God and us partnering together to heal the brokenness of our world. And so today, we turn our attention to a different miracle of Jesus, but a miracle that took place in uh, or near the very same area where last week's miracle came from, the Sea of Galilee. Um, So much of Jesus's ministry happened here around the sea, so it's not surprising that we return to this place once again. On this particular day, Jesus had gotten up early and he had begun to teach, and this big crowd of people had come around him. And eventually the crowd got so big that Jesus decided that he was going to get into a boat and push off from the shore a little bit. Now... You might think that he did that to get a little bit of personal space, which it does sound like was much needed and definitely a bonus. But in reality, when Jesus does this, when he gets in the boat and backs away from the, sea, uh, from the shore a little bit, then the water of the sea and then the hills surrounding in that area, they create this natural amphitheater so that everyone can hear what Jesus is teaching. And so he teaches, and he teaches, and he teaches, and he teaches. He teaches about a sower sowing seeds and about putting lights on stands and about planting little mustard seeds that grow into mighty trees. Also, that the people gathered around listening could grasp just a little bit more what the kingdom of God was really like. But eventually, the time came to call it a day, right? Jesus said to his disciples, you know, like, let's go on from here. Let's continue across the sea and go on to the next place so that they could get a little rest and then wake up the next day and do the same thing all over again. Now, remember, Jesus, he is fully God. But he is fully human, right? Which means by the end of this day, Jesus had to be tired. He had to be exhausted from all the teaching and talking and peopling he has done. And so soon enough, as they're going out across the sea, the soft sound of the waves and the rocking of the boat, it lures Jesus right to sleep. I don't know that I could resist sleep out on the sea like that either. However, at some point, this this tranquil little voyage that Jesus is on, it gets uninterrupted by um, this huge challenge, this big obstacle, this unexpected thing that comes their way. Uh, Something that Mark, he calls it this. He calls it a uh, mighty squall. And so this is what can happen on the Sea of Galilee in no time. I mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago when we talked about Jesus walking on the water. Um, But um, there around the sea, there is um, a valley that is there. It's called the Valley of the Wind. And this is what it looks like. You can see the valley. And this valley, um, it had a road in Jesus' time that ran through it, a Roman road that would have run from Nazareth to this place. Uh, So Jesus would have walked up on that road to get to the sea, to do his ministry. And then all along the way, in the soft limestone, you can see that people made their homes and their hideouts there over time. But this place where where, um, it provided a, a passageway in this place that provided shelter for so many It could also become this tunnel for terrible weather. This weather would roll in from the Mediterranean Sea, move west across Israel, and then hit this valley, and it would just like speed up toward the Sea of Galilee. And whenever it would reach the sea, the sea is at a lower elevation, and so the weather would hit the sea and kind of get stuck there. It was a recipe for disaster, the Valley of the Wind is called that for a reason, right? It has earned its name. Winds can come out of that valley going over 30 miles an hour, and it can create this, this roaring and seething cauldron within the sea with waves that can get over 10 feet tall. And so on this night, in particular, when Jesus has fallen fast asleep, this hurricane-like storm suddenly comes up. And this is what Mark tells us. He says, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Can you just imagine it, right? Like like these huge winds are shaking the boat. These big waves are not just like coming up around the boat. They're crashing into it. And Jesus is snuggled up with his little pillow, sleeping like a baby in the back of the boat where any distinguished guest would have traveled. I can imagine the disciples just like running around, doing everything they can to keep all their stuff in the boat, to keep themselves in the boat. I can imagine them doing all that they can to keep the boat from flipping over. And then somewhere in the midst of them, them glancing back and seeing Jesus with his eyes closed, his mouth open, and snores roaring above the waves. Whenever you you like stop and you kind of get how bad, how violent these storms can get, you understand better the, the disciples' response. Because sometimes you read it and you're like, there they go, just being overly dramatic again, right? Because they can be all right. At certain points, they do seem to be like going a little over the top. But in this situation, you can understand why they're exasperated. You you see like in this moment they are are seeing this this storm blowing up and and they're watching all their stuff like trying to stay in the boat and then all of a sudden they look back, they see Jesus, and they can't help but to ask the question. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? I mean, isn't that what we wonder whenever storms, like literal storms like we experienced last night or figurative storms in our lives suddenly arise and we find ourselves thrust into the heart of them? Isn't that the question we begin to consider? Like, hey, God, you see me down here? Can't you see what's going on? Um, It kind of feels like uh, you're sleeping while I'm starting to drown. Sometimes we need a little reassurance. Sometimes we need a little encouragement, just as a, a reminder like, hey, Jesus is awake. He's with us in this moment. And in this story, in the gospel of Mark, the disciples they get that. They get this immediate, intense, visible response from Jesus. This is what Mark says. He got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And this is precisely where we tend to put the exclamation point in the story. This is the miracle that so often we celebrate. God flexing his mighty muscles and telling the wind and waves who is boss. But as I've been reflecting on the story this past week, I can't help but wonder if the flashiness of that moment has overshadowed what I consider to be the true miracle on the sea. And that miracle is this, the miracle that the God who created the universe and everything in it, the God who even the wind and waves obey, it's the miracle that he says yes to that question from the disciples. Yes, I care. With his response, he says, he says, when they ask, don't you care? He says, yes, I care. I care so much that I cross from heaven into earth to be right here with you in this moment. I care so much that I was willing to be in this boat and weather this storm beside you. I care so much that I'm willing to experience not just this storm, but the very worst storms that this world can throw at me so that you can get it, so that you can see it, so that you can experience this great love that I have for every single person on the planet, always and everywhere. I care so much that you can only begin to grasp the depth of it. It's a miracle. It is a miracle that a divine, immortal, infinite creator God was willing to become a human, mortal, finite creature, just like you and me, so that he could get in our boat and say, yes, yes, I care. Thinking about that, it it kind of helps me better understand what what Jesus says next to his disciples. He says to them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I think I have, have always read that as like a scolding from Jesus, a shaming even. Like, why are you so dense? Why can't you get this? Like Jesus is like calling them on the carpet for not recognizing his awesomeness. And so like, as I've read this story and heard it throughout my life, I've always internalized it and kind of taken it and interpreted it in my own life that like, it is not okay to feel anxious. It is not okay to have fear that is a sign of weakness. And so if we feel it, then we just got to like push it deep down inside and keep moving forward and wait for Jesus to poof, take care of it. If we just have enough faith, we too will get our miracle of the storm just dissolving before our eyes, never even having to lift a finger. We just need to trust the formula. And if the formula doesn't work at first, then just work the formula even harder. But let me tell you something. It is no secret um, to those of you who've worshipped here for a while that this past spring I went through a season of intense anxiety in which I would have done absolutely anything to get it to stop. My whole body had just like anxiety rushing through it, and it was like waves that like kept crashing over my mind and overtaking me. And I can tell you that I I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for that squall to end but I never got a poof, miracle. There are some Christians out there that would say that I just didn't have enough faith in that moment. There are some Christians out there that would say, like, I just didn't have the formula right or I didn't work it long enough or hard enough. But I want you to know this. Jesus didn't come to give us a formula. He came to give us himself. He is the miracle That we get. And so I don't think that Jesus was being judgy when he said to his disciples, when he says, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I think he's saying that because his heart is hurting. I think he's saying that because he feels the weight of caring so very much in that moment. Because he wants them to know, not just with their heads, but with their hearts, the miracle of who he really was. And the peace that he makes possible when we recognize that he is right there in the boat with us. There was a one night in particular back in the spring where um, the anxiety was especially intense, and so I'd done, like, all the things, you know, everything that I had read about on the internet or asked friends for advice before and all, you know, all the things to, like, try to get my body and my mind and my spirit calm And as I um, was wrestling with that, for whatever reason, this is the passage that came to mind. And so I got out my Bible, and I just read it again and again and again and again. And then as I lay there trying to get sleep, any sleep at all, because the anxiety had reached a point where I was finding it difficult to sleep, to eat, um, to function, (laughs) I just lay there, and I would breathe in quiet and then breathe out. (sighs) Be still, feeling my chest rise and go back down again over and over and over. And there was no poof, miracle. The anxiety was not magically gone. In fact, the waves were like still crashing full force. But despite that being so true, despite that anxiety being so intense in that moment, somehow right alongside it, there was this peace. This peace that came over me that I can't explain, but it was just this deep reassurance that Jesus said, yes, I care. It was this deep reassurance that he was in the boat with me and that we were going to weather the storm together come what may. And so for me, my miracle started the next morning when I got up out of bed and um, I found the strength to a strength beyond myself, honestly, to ask Jeremy to take me to the doctor, which might not sound like a big deal to you all, but you have no idea how stubborn and fiercely independent I am. (laughs) Uh, The miracle continued on when I went to the first doctor and they wouldn't see me, and I went to the second doctor and they couldn't see me, and I wanted to quit, but I kept going. Uh, The miracle uh, slowly kept unfolding as I said yes to taking off work and then going to confess to my boss and my mentor and my friend that I couldn't keep going. The miracle expanded as I swallowed my pride some more, telling all of you and my friends and my family the truth about what I was experiencing and began to let you love me through it. And I will be very honest, it did not feel like a miracle in that moment. It felt very hard. It felt very embarrassing and painful and vulnerable. I just knew I had to keep going forward with Jesus, that I had to keep taking steps with him. However, I can look back now and I can see like how God's heart and my hope collided in ways that I never could have anticipated and how he went to work in my life um, through so many different people who partnered with him. As author Sarah Bessie puts it, miracles sometimes look like a kapow, lightning strike, revelation. And sometimes miracle look like, miracles look like showing up for your counseling appointments. Sometimes miracles look like instant healing. And other times miracles look like medication and patience and discipline. When I asked Jesus in the midst of that storm, don't you care? I heard him say yes again and again and again and again that command that he announced to the waves way back when, quiet, be still, it comes to an as an invitation to us today to discover the peace that comes from recognizing just who it is that we have in our boat with us, Jesus, God in the flesh. I find the disciples' uh, response as you kind of work your way through the story a bit perplexing when you reach the end. It says, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey, terrified. When you um, look at this passage in the Greek, they really want you to get this, just like how very scared they are. So it actually reads, they feared with great fear. We get it, all right? (laughs) They're shaking in their boots, but... Uh, When you think about it, you know, it kind of makes sense because in this moment, they're having this deeper revelation about who Jesus is. He's not just a great teacher. He's not just a great prophet. He's not just a great healer who can drive out diseases and demons. He has power over creation. Only something that God himself can pull off. And so they're coming to terms with, with just who it is they have in their boat and what he makes possible. He was the one the prophet Isaiah had spoken about centuries before. He is the light for the people who are living in darkness. He is the child that was born, the son that was given that the government would be up on his shoulders. The one who who is called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus came as peace in person so that we could become people of peace even in the midst of the storms that we face. And so maybe you came through this door today and you really resonate with those disciples. You feel like you're in that boat and the waves are crashing and the boat is rocking and you're doing everything you can in your power to like keep everything, including yourself, in the boat and keeping it from flipping on over. Maybe you came through this door today and you have found yourself asking that very question. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you see that I'm drowning down here? But this morning, I want to invite you to hear that invitation of Jesus yet again. Quiet, be still so that you can experience anew, the miraculous peace of knowing Jesus is weathering the storm right here with you. Um, I'm going to guide us in prayer. And if you're willing today, I want to invite you to just close your eyes and then take a deep breath in. And as you breathe in, just say to yourself, quiet. And now breathe out. Be still. Let's do that again. Quiet. And breathe out. Be still. And then one last time quiet. Be still. Still breathing deeply. Take a moment right now to just tell Jesus about the storms that you face. Name out your anxieties, tell him about your fears. You don't have to be ashamed. and now go ahead and ask him jesus don't you care and then listen really listen for his reply Can you hear him saying yes to you today? Can you feel his presence nearby? Jesus, we're so grateful that you never leave us and you never forsake us. We're so grateful that you... um, not only just like look down on us and watch us and care for us from afar, but you get down and you walk through the mud and the storms, the sunshine and the rain, that you've seen it all. You felt it with us. You get us. Would you reassure us today? That you're still traveling right by our side, and that when we feel anxious and afraid, we can know that we do not take a single step on our own. As you say yes for your to your, your deep care for us today, may we say yes to your invitation to walk forward not not in the absence of chaos not in the absence of conflict not in the absence of fear and anxiety perhaps but to walk forward with this confidence that yes we will make this we'll make this through this um, through this valley we'll make it through together we pray this in Jesus name Amen